Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Jess Labrado. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, he made his Broadway debut in The Boy from Oz when he was a kid, made the top eight in So You Think You Can Dance season eight, has been featured in popular Broadway shows such as Newsies, Cats, On the Town, and Hello Dolly, can be seen in Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, and is currently part of the cast of The Wanderer at Paper Mill Playhouse. Please welcome Jess Laprado. Hi, hello. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Very good. Thank you for joining me on this today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I'm very excited. Of course. So excited to have you on. I was I was studying your resume over the weekend and oh my gosh, I'm just like <laughs> so impressed. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so there's lots to talk about, so I'm going to just jump right in. Okay. Have you always known that you wanted to be a theater performer, first of all? Well, yeah, well, it started with dance. Dance was my gateway. That's where I started. My sister, who is a dancer herself, dance teacher too. She's three years older than me. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, my brother's the oldest. She's the middle. I'm the youngest. Um, and she tagged, she went to a local dance studio and I tagged along when I was three years old with my mom to go pick her up, drop her off. And then I just kind of watched and studied and observed at a young age. And then my parents thought, let's give this a shot. And they tried it on my brother. They tried to see if he would kind of have the same bug, but he didn't. He actually became, became a musician. <laughs> oh, so, okay. It's just kind of the same feel. Yeah, well, I would say that a lot of us in my family, my brother is a musician and a music teacher. My sister's a dance choreographer, dance teacher. Uh, I'm a performer teacher as well. My father was an actor at some point. My mother, I say, is the only normal one of the group. <laughs> I, I mean, so you all could essentially just like have like a family show going on there. We could. And, and you know what? I I think that idea was always bouncing off our, each other's heads to see if we could ever do something like that, like the Partridge family. That'd be nice. <laughs> yes. Hey, you never know. Maybe one day. Who that, knows? Do you have any like writers in your family? Uh, well, no, I mean, like, I, I, I like writing, you know, on the side as something that I, you know, something to do creatively, uh, but not professionally, no. So I oh. might need to, I might need to, you know, to, to be a detective and see if there are any distant relatives who just so happen to be like novelists or writers of some kind, like, hey, join us. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, we need, we need to make a musical about our family. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. So what was the first live theater show that you saw when you realized, hey, I want to be up on stage doing that? Ooh, uh, I mean, well, the first live show that I saw, well, the first live Broadway, I, my first Broadway show that I saw was The Lion King. That was the very first show that I saw. The best. Um, and I've seen it three times since. Uh, and it's always it's one of my favorites. Um, and well, aside from that theatrical experience, I also was exposed to more of the performance and you know just the all-around performer from movie musicals. So I watched a lot of different films, uh, Sting of the Rain and West Side Story to be exact, um, A Chorus Line. 
So those are actually my three favorite musicals, but I was introduced to them through their movie adaptations because I grew up with the VHS. Are you, are, yes, are, did you grow up with VHSs? Yes, I did, yes, I okay, did. Just, okay, great, I'm not as old as I am. Okay, great. Um, but uh, yeah, so Oh, I think it cut out a little bit. <laughs> That I introduced, but I was introduced to that uh, standpoint as well. Uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah, I put like Annie in the VHS all the time when I was little. Like that was my go-to, was Annie and classic. Yeah, classic. I think my parents were. My parents had the whole thing memorized by the time I was like six. In fact, my brother uh, studied uh, music majored in music at uh, Monmouth University, that's where they shot Daddy Warbucks's estate, his house. Oh my God. The... Yes. Oh my goodness. So in the 19... The first, time... the first one? Yeah, no. So the first time that I went there and visited my brother on campus, I went to that building. I was like, Cecile will pick out all your clothes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this looks familiar. <laughs> I'm gonna just do the number. So yeah, I was I was just taken back by it. I was like, wait a minute, I know this building. <laughs> so the 1982 one, right? Because I think. Yes. 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 Because I think the 1999 one is like was like live on the Warner Brothers lot. And yes, um, the 1982 exactly the original yes. film. Yes. We love the original. So <laughs> growing up, how did you work on becoming a well-rounded performer? Because you do everything. Well, like I said, so it started with dance first. And then when I was about six, seven, eight years old, I started to take uh, voice lessons locally. I'm from New Jersey originally. So I was taking voice lessons with different teachers for any given amount of time. And then by around eight or nine years old, I started um, auditioning locally in New Jersey and in New York for anything and everything. So there was voiceovers, commercials, regional theater, professional theater, Broadway, anything that you know I could be considered for. And these were like open calls sometimes. I had an agent at, at an earlier age as well as to where they were able to have me be seen for different stuff. But it was really just, you know, going in and being exposed just to the audition lifestyle at a very early age. And then the exposure to perform that really came out through my dance career, educational career as a competitive dancer. Uh, so I grew up as a competitive dancer with, a lo with the local dance studio and I pretty much performed uh, for about 10 years now, a little more than that. Uh, on stage. So we did countless amount of regional competitions and then a nationals every summer. So I was always on stage. If it was not singing or acting a role, I was still dancing and performing. So that's where I kind of got my performance chops from just from that, you know, steady repetition. And is it kind of like Dance Moms where it's like every weekend you go to like a more, new competition? More or less, yes, more or less. It's it's it, The season doesn't really start until the end of, I would say, January. It doesn't really pick up steam until March regional season. And then the nationals are always in the summertime. Uh, exactly, like maybe, yeah, like late June, early July, 4th of July weekend. So you would have all that time prior to that to rehearse and get it down yeah every routine it wasn't just one routine we would do solos 
duets, trios, small groups, large groups, production numbers, you know, you name it. And it would be different genres too. So you would do like tap, lyrical, contemporary, sometimes hip hop, definitely a lot of musical theater. Um, so it was all those things. And you had different choreographers to work with as well that were in-house choreographers, sometimes choreographers that we asked to come in, uh, who I've met, you know, through that experience and who I've worked with since then. So that connection and that kind of collaboration and then studying and, you know, perfecting that craft through competitions was really like my training, training on training on the spot, really. Yeah. So you kind of like learned the process of memorizing choreography, of memorizing multiple pieces of choreography very quickly yes. and of using like your face to like act to like act during the numbers. Yes. And then like with musical theater numbers, you know, to be more particular, it's just like, you know, it, it, it was using musicality through the music, it, you know, how silent films were kind of back in the day. So it's amazing how, you know, we've moved so we've moved so much and we've grown so much, but there are still some wonderful fundamentals that we still hold on to, which is amazing. So yes, and I feel like the fundamentals that we hold on to are in a lot of the shows that you've done on Broadway. And correct me if I'm wrong, I counted last night on uh, on your on IBDB, the Broadway database, and it was eight Broadway shows. And then you toured with Hello Dolly. So you made your Broadway debut with Boy from Oz. Yes. How old were you when you made your Broadway, when you got cast in that show? And was it a big deal for you, like at the time being so young? Or was it just like, oh, this is another show. I'm performing on stage. Oh, no, this was a big deal. Because what happened was I had I had uh, auditioned. No, I was asked. No, what was it? I was I was interested in going in to audition for the role. And I was I was misled because they were telling me that they were looking for a different type, but then they wound up casting someone who was similar to my type. So I wasn't able to go in and be considered for it in the beginning, but then I was able to come in as a vacation swing. So I came in so and I auditioned and my good friend Nicole Valens, who's now uh, who was a casting director at the time, who I didn't know because I was so young. I was 11. I was 11 years old. So I was very young. Um, had casted me in that show. And it was a big deal because I was going to be making my Broadway debut. I, I knew it was going to be, you know, not eight shows a week. And I knew that it was not going to be steadily, but it was, it was a gift because it was going to be my first Broadway experience, you know, to work, you know, in the Broadway communities. So that was, it was, it was a thrill. It was a real exciting moment. And that was a perfect show to kind of usher me in with the people that I met, the people who I'm still friends with from that show, uh, just the crew, the cast, you know, the show, Hugh Jackman, who was the who was the lead, the star of the show. So everything really came together in that moment in time. It was special. And I got to go on once, which was really special. I saw that on the video online of you dancing for like, I don't know how many minutes straight, but like I I saw that on that on that video that you got to go on once and that Hugh Jackman was very was very kind that day and that stood out to you. I mean, I watched the video of Hugh gifting the Tom Brady jersey to yep. his to boy who plays little Winthrop and music man right now. Yes. A class act. He is a class act. I mean like and I've I've been blessed to work with a lot a lot of people like Hugh 
who are just generous people who, and they are the leads of the show and they really set the bar for just and they set the tone just for the show and the cast and such Hugh Jackman, Bette Midler, John Stamos, you know, a lot of the people that you would think who are like these A-list, double A-list, triple A-list celebrities uh, kind of be all amongst themselves and, you know, about themselves are not. They're really, you know, they, they are considerate, uh, you know, wonderful people who uh, give, give us because we don't have the platform that they do. So when they have those moments to be generous with their time and their platform and to give those people appreciation for their work i mean that really says it all so yeah they're amazing do you remember the day you made your broadway debut i know it was you were a kid so like i don't remember the exact day but i remember it was august 2004. oh yes what stood out to you that day do you do you remember like oh yeah there was a lot uh i invited uh i was i was uh, i was permitted to invite 40 people to the show. That's a good number. Yes, yeah, so it was 40 people. Um, and it was my family, my friends, uh, my parents came, my brother and sister came. I had all these different people come to the show. So that was exciting. And then I remember, I remember walking down. So at the end of the show, there's a big production number and it's, uh, it's a spiral staircase and it's a piano. It's a piano spiral staircase. So we're walking down this. I remember being at the top and it's the Imperial Theater. So it's a gorgeous theater. I remember being at the top of that staircase and seeing everyone just, you know, in the audience, just going nuts, going bonkers. It was just like, because it's a big party at the end, it's called I Go to Rio. So I'm walking down and then I remember the very last thing, which was uh, I'm, we're doing the curtain call as planned, as choreographed, and then the curtain comes down and then Hugh Jackman gestures to the the curtain operator to just hoist it up one more time and comes up pushes this little 11 year old boy down stage center for one more bow so that so that was really you know the cherry on the cake and then I remember also my parents just so happy to be sitting next to, I forgot, I forgot the actress, uh, the name of the actress, but they were starstruck. Uh, a friend of theirs also was sitting next to them because there was a woman from the, uh, from the show Six Feet Under. Oh. So that was, so, and they were just kind of like, oh my God, it's, it's, oh my God. They're it's living their best life. <laughs> yeah, they were living their best life on, in another, just living that moment. I was just kind of like, wow. Uh, but it was, and I just remember going to the stage door. I have pictures that my parents took of me at the stage door um, with Hugh Jackman. It was just like, you know, the barricades and such. I mean, this is going back almost 20 years ago. Um, so that was, that was in and of itself, just, a, a, just everything. It really was the best introduction to welcome to Broadway, kid. So. I mean, and I'm sure you were thrilled to sign like all the playbills and stuff, especially at age 11. Like, Oh yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> it was surreal, and I just remember, and this is kind of like a very, it's very epilogue type. I just remember after all the hype, after all the craziness at the stage door, I just remember going across the street with my mom and getting a slice of pizza and a Pepsi. <laughs> Love it. You're like, okay, yeah. normal day now. I was like, wow, yeah, but I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> that happened. Now I want pizza. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah. I mean, as a kid, as a kid would do. <laughs> as a kid would do. I mean, like it was just it was one of those things. So it's just like, yeah, well, everyone seems to have uh, gone back in their cars and headed back to New Jersey. So I'm just gonna, I'm I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. go about my day. <laughs> so I want to talk. I'm first of all, you also did Grinch, and mm -hmm. you did it for two seasons. I saw. Yes, I, I did. How, I mean, how is that like being in a Christmas show? So magical. Oh, uh, well, I have I have a soft spot for Christmas shows because they're just, you know, they're most they're the most fun because it's the most fun time of the year um, during Christmas in New York. Yeah, I mean, like, it is just exciting, especially when you open a Christmas show in New York and like because you have all of November because we opened, I think, the, the first season of Grinch like in early November. And then we went through all of November through December until the to like the first week of January. So it's a really fun show. And I just, it, the one thing that I remember from that show, at the time, how, uh, what was it, Wicked was consistently number one on the grosses every week. They grossed the most every week. They were consistent top box office all the time. And I remember, uh, I don't know how far into the run of the first season of Grinch, but somehow or other we surpassed Wicked one week. And I think we, I think we were the first show in a long, uh, long strain, you know, in a long, you know, chain of weeks that had broken Wicked's record. So I'm just kind of like, we, we must be doing something right. And I guess people want to come see the show. So it was really, really fun. And uh, and it was two casts of kids. There was two casts of 12 kids. There were 24 kids in the show. So you can just imagine all the hoopla and all the craziness like, cool. of all these kids going nuts backstage. And it was really, really fun. It was a great cast. Again, people who I worked with uh, then, I'm still working with today uh, on different projects and different shows. So it's amazing how uh, interconnected and small the community is, though it is growing more and more, but because you're working with other people and mutual friends and stuff, it's crazy just how, you know, interconnected everything is. It's cool. Did you ever participate in like the Broadway kids stuff when you were younger? You mean Broadway kids, the group? Like the album? Oh, well, I was a part of the group. I was a part of Broadway kids. I was not, I did not appear on any of the, Bro of the Broadway kids CDs, but I did appear in the group. Uh, I don't even know, at least five years or so, maybe more for sure. And I toured with the, I toured with the Broadway Kids. I was a part of that company. We went to different show, we went to different cities. We did shows in Columbus, Ohio, Milwaukee. We even went to Barbados for Broadway Kids. We did a ton of stuff. Wow. And I, it was really really fun because any chance I wasn't working professionally in a Broadway show of that scale, I was doing other smaller things. So I was working on the Broadway Kids dance competition, sometimes school musicals. Uh, I was part of other small groups as well. I did an off-Broadway show sometimes called The People Garden, which I did as a kid. Ooh. Um, Sugar Beats, which was a music group as well growing up. So I was always, you know, thankfully, you know, I had good guidance from my parents and who knew what avenues I could take, what opportunities that I maybe were able to be filled up. So it was a really, really exciting time. So you were very like, I'm going to go and do this while I'm off from this show. Well, yeah, I, I, it was those opportunities that found themselves that just kind of like happened to fall on my lap. Uh, so it was really, really good timing on some t on some parts. And then also just like 
still keep me active and, you know, inspired to just continue in this business because, you know, it takes a lot of willpower and skill and confidence and determination to continue through this business. It's not an easy one. So thankfully, you know, the constant, you know, flow of doing something, working on something as a kid, you know, kept me going. Yes, I yeah. love Broadway kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like my introduction to Broadway, I think. My parents got me all the albums for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. That'll do it. Yep. Yep. So- and that was that. Oh, before then, actually, that was my first introduction to Newsies, Broadway kids. And I'll oh. tell you why. Because there were, they did a, they put out a CD called, uh, I forgot the name of it. It was a movie themed cd i know what you're talking about the, and they did a newsies medley and that was my first introduction to newsies it was not the film it was the music thanks to broadway kids oh my goodness i know what you're talking about the broadway kids at the movies album. yes 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 the best albums the best. those were amazing i still have them over like in my like cd collection yeah. <laughs> so you auditioned you were on season eight of so you think you can dance what made you want to audition for that show well i was a fan of the show and i in particular i was a fan of uh what was it it was season five there was a dancer named evan kasperzak who was on the show and evan uh was a musical theater dancer he qualified himself as a broadway slash musical theater dancer they always call them the dancers broadway dancers on the show. And he really set the bar and he really introduced the idea that, you know, there were other genres that dancers could appear as uh, for themselves to apply for the show. Cause a lot of it was predominantly like contemporary jazz, hip hop. There weren't a lot of other styles, sometimes ballroom, sometimes other styles, specialty novelty styles, but musical theater was rarely shown for a dancer to qualify themselves as. And then when I saw Evan on the show, I was like, Oh, he really opened the door. He really, really did. So that, along with being a fan of the show, and I was 18 at the time, uh, I had turned 18 two months before the auditions came around in New York for that season. I was like, let's give it a shot. And then I went to Brooklyn, and that was my first taste of So You Can You Dance, and then through the callbacks in Vegas week, and then on the show. So yeah. And- you got pretty far. Did you ever imagine that you would get that far as far as you got? Well, my goal was to make it to the top 10. That was the goal. And then because I knew that the top 10 had the opportunity to go on the road, go on tour. So I knew that if that was, if that, if that was as far as I got, I'm good. Would I like to go further? Absolutely. But the, the, the real goal was to get to the top 10. And I made it top eight, so I made it past another week. And I was very, very uh, excited for to, to find out that that tour was going to happen. And then we did, we did 32 cities in a month and a half. And they were, it was a bus and truck tour. And, you know, we slept on buses after shows. We would check in early in the morning, sleep the rest of the morning, come back, go to the venue and tech and rehearse whatever we needed before the shows at night, do meet and greets and stuff. So it was, it was, it was crazy, but it was truly a unique experience. That glitz and glamour life. 
going on. Oh yeah, well, and also just the the bus and truck for the tour. I mean, like the TV show was different because I had not. I don't think any of us had really experienced anything like that before. I don't think any dancer, you know, especially for those who are eighteen who come into it kind of young, uh, experienced anything like that in their life up to that point. So to to experience that and then to do the do the tour, it was like something that's completely strange and weird and new and exciting and challenging. And then the tour was something like, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. So I was I was really excited for that comfort to come back. So yeah. How many dances a night did you do on that tour? Oh, I think I think in the show length it was uh about 25 numbers, but we did I think I did like maybe yeah, like maybe 18 of those or something like that. Yeah. So practice, like stamina practice for Newsies, which yes. came up next. Yes. Before I get to Newsies, I want to ask from my friend, Michael, he said, uh, what was the most valuable thing you learned during your time with So You Think You Can Dance that has helped you till now? Well, it, it really just helped me to be more of a well-balanced uh dancer and a more just you know more versatile dancer because i was introduced to a lot of different styles and genres uh on that show especially ballroom so it was a lot of different styles and just understanding how different styles operate differently and how you move because you know especially with ballroom it's a whole different foundation and physicality and movement uh and then just musicality in different styles and work and collaborating with different people that was the real thing too that was exciting because not only do we have to collaborate and learn from different choreographers every week, we had to learn from each other. So it's understanding how other dancers work, empathizing with them, and then them empathizing with me just to kind of be on the same page. So because we're all coming from different walks of life. So that show really kind of brings everyone brings all the same fish into the same pond. And like synchronizing too on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of that the same story. Yeah. So what was your audition process like for Newsies? And at the time that you auditioned, did you realize how big it was going to become? Well, here's the thing. So I auditioned for Newsies when it was about, when it was about to premiere for Paper Mill Playhouse. Yes. And then I was supposed to actually do it. I was asked to, I, I was given an offer to do the show at Paper Mill. And then I held back on the offer because I was not sure because that summer I was on So You Think You Could Dance. And I didn't know whether or not if by making the top 10, would that allow me to continue with the, to start the show Paper Mill. But as a matter of fact, as luck would have it, I would continue with the tour for So You Think You Dance. And then uh, I was not able to do Newsies at Paper Mill. But uh, they announced that Newsies was coming to Broadway and I, had the good opportunity to audition again, thankfully, because they were looking to reconsider, uh, you know, casting and such. So I went back in and that's when I joined and it was pretty, it was pretty straightforward. You know, I did maybe, it was a couple dance callbacks for the first time around. And then for the Broadway transfer, it was only like maybe one or two auditions, but it was very quick. It was very swift because the show was moving quickly from Paper Mill to, you know, to New York very quickly. They were like, we got to take this success, this show to Broadway. It's going to be a huge success. Oh, yeah. And like, it was just because they, they knew that the demand was so high. So we were just, you know, for us joining the company, 
we were we were welcomed with open arms and then we were all just kind of like let's say and at the time it was only a limited run so we weren't sure how long it was going to last you know if it was going to continue on uh but then again as luck would have it that it would be a huge success yes i mean and to this day i mean there's a there's a couple concerts going on is it this week that it's happening it's happening today today yeah it is Okay, so yeah, there's a couple concerts happening, reunion <laughs> concerts that I sold out in like, I don't know how many minutes, but it was it was it was very quick. <laughs> yes, that's what I heard. Because my friend who lives in New York was like try, was like trying to get tickets, and she was like, uh, "Does anyone have tickets for sale?" <laughs> yeah, well, like, cause I'm sure a lot of people who I knew were like, "Yo, give me tickets or something." I'm like, I don't have any tickets. Like those, the fancies got those tickets like so quick in advance. Like they were on it. They were on it. They were, they were. And I mean, which speaks to the success that Newsies had when it was on Broadway. When, when was the moment that you realized how successful the show was on Broadway? And why do you think fans loved it so much? Ooh, well, I, I, I knew that something was definitely, something was definitely rocking when, you know, we got that, we got the A Tony Award nominations. And then when uh, one of our uh, executives at Disney Theatricals came to us and said, you know what, guys, we're going to give this a go right now, because it seems like the audiences want it. The audiences want to come back again and again and see this show. So that's what happened. And we were we were ecstatic. We were like, we can't believe it. It was all thanks to the fans. And it was because of that reaction. Uh, and also just the timeliness of it all too, because at the time, uh, that was when Occupy Wall Street was happening too downtown. And it was timely, but it was also effective to where it was, you know, a boisterous production. And for people to really see like, incredible dance choreography being presented on a Broadway stage like that. It was surreal. It really was. I just remember they did so good with like the Disney Channel promos during that time because I was a big fan of like all things Disney and you would see it on like Disney 365 or like Disney 411. Yes. Yes. And it was just it was amazing just to kind of see just how it was snowballing into this amazing, amazing thing that was way beyond what the film ever experienced when it first came out. So it was just kind of like we're bringing a new voice to a show that, to a story that should be told and it should be presented. Uh, so it's it was really, really incredible to see that reaction night after night, night after night. Yes, yeah. and probably sold out performance after sold out performance. Yeah, then once we, and then we did, and then the show ran for two years. It did a thousand and five shows. Wow. Yeah. Wow, and then it's, I mean, then it went on tour and yes, it did. And you all came back and filmed it at Pantages for for uh, Disney Plus. So it, it's amazing just how the show has given all of us. It, it, I say all the time, the show is the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. It really is. What was the coolest thing that you got to do while being a part of that show? Oh, there were tons of different things. We got to be on Dance with the Stars. We did an appearance on there. We did an appearance for the Christmas Day Parade, which was amazing. So a few of us newsies got to perform 
with the cast members in Disney World, and we had like 600 dancers from different studios oh across goodness. the country join us as newsies down Main Street. Um, and we performed Carrying the Banner. It, it really was just, you know, a culmination of so many different, just appreciation that Disney had for the show, that many people had for the show. And it really was ripe for the time uh, for, you know, dance to be present and for Disney to kind of be like, let's do a dance show. So it was those opportunities that Disney provided for us were truly, truly, you know, amazing. Yeah. What was the hardest number in the show? Just by the, cur the curtain call. Oh, okay. Why? I know. Because I'll tell you exactly why. So you do a two and a half hour show, right? Yes. And by the curtain call, you think that probably you had finished your show. You're just going to take your bow and that's it. That was not the case. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the case. We had to give the audience one more kick, one more turn, one more fist pump to the sky uh, before they could sing out, sing all those songs out the door. So that was that because you just poured your heart and soul into it, and then you just do, <laughs> and then you do a curtain call, and then you, so that that was the toughest one for sure. You like have to keep that stamina going. How did you do that eight times a week? It's like keep the stamina up. Well, it's all about conditioning and discipline and making sure that you're ready to go, make sure that you're properly warmed up and taking care of yourself. Uh, and I would come to the theater early and start warming up and stretching. Dedication. So, oh yeah. So it's all about just preparation and making sure that you are as ready as you can be to do that show because that show, that show is not a, you know, walk in the park, you know, that shows it's, the second hardest show that I've ever done. Listen, I'm not a good dancer already, but I've tried some of the choreography in that show and like, nope, can't, would probably die if I- It's if tricky, I it. it's, it's tricky, but it's demanding. It's, it, it's incredibly athletic. And, we yes. were, and then for fun facts, we were doing that show on a steel deck. So, because the towers, we have three, three story towers that weigh oh tons. So we needed to have a deck that supported the towers. So we were, it, it was not a sprung floor. It was on a sprung deck. We had a, a steel deck. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. Do you, do you count, ever count how many like turns and leaps are in the show? No, but you know what? I believe uh, Jacob Guzman, my good buddy, Jacob Guzman, we were doing a put in rehearsal one time uh, for, I think it was an understudy or a swing or a placement. And he had a Fitbit and he was able, I think, the Fitbit was able to calculate exactly how many steps he took throughout the course of that run through. Between oh. any choreography on stage, all the steps going up and down those flights of stairs. I don't even know. I don't even know how many calories he broke. I, I, I don't even know. I imagine it's like at least three or four days of a workout. <laughs> it's not, it's something. It really, you know, it keeps you on your toes for that matter. But it was amazing to be like, all right, we're doing it. It's the show is a workout, but you need to work out. You need to make sure that you're ready for that workout every time. Yes. What's the, what was the most challenging thing about dancing on newspapers? Well, newspapers have a life of their own. So you have to know how to, you know, maneuver and you know figure things out you know so that you can read their mind sometimes yeah. um so but if you know if you know where it's going you know how you can operate it, especially with the choreography but uh <laughs> but sometimes you never know like uh 
a newspaper could fly off and you just have to make sure you get it back in, slide it back in. But they do have a mind of their own. And, you know, it's just about making sure that and also the spontaneity of it is really exciting because the audience gets to see something new. Yes, every night. Like, you yeah. all think fast on your feet. Yes, for sure. I mean, I can imagine like someone like in the front row coughs and the newspaper just goes flying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that definitely happens here and there to where a newspaper flies and you just kind of like, oh, look at that back in. Okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, you know, and a lot of us would clock each other and be like, oh, someone lost their newspaper. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And then there's the blocking, like on top of that, like y'all have to like, there's so many people on stage at the same oh, time yeah. you'll like have to be aware of like your surroundings who's next to you like and we were doing like dosy dos and like we were coming through each other you know going underneath each other too with the newspapers underneath our feet so you know it was like an obstacle course every night you're like don't trip anyone yeah <laughs> yeah no big deal no big no deal big just deal. you know just, just your regular tuesday evening show yeah just your just your regular tuesday evening <laughs> no, <laughs> dance, dance, doing exhausting dances. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes. So I want to talk about cats because you were on the national tour of cats, and I think that cats is one of the coolest things to talk about because of the makeup. So yeah, you all did you do your own makeup? I think I did. Every actor okay. does their own makeup for cats. So how long did that take you to perfect? Well, it at the beginning it took 45 minutes, but I was able to get it down to 30 minutes. Oh, okay, yeah, by because, yourself. That's impressive. Because I do not have the nice, you know, thin, you know, you know, touch to do my own makeup. So mm -hmm. I had to learn. At first I looked it it looked atrocious. It looked very just not like a cat at all. It just looked like a thing. Didn't even look like a cat. It just looked like a thing. <laughs> um and then with practice and just understanding the line and the, and the design of the makeup uh i got it down and you know my 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 color palette for mungo jerry i played mungo jerry my color palette was like orange and yellow and brown so it was like a harvest so you've tackled a lot in your career what's on your current bucket list and what is your dream role Ooh. Well, I mean, I, I've done a lot, like you said, I've been very lucky, but I, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, conceive my own work at some point. I'd like to direct and choreograph and possibly just, you know, spearhead some ideas for shows and different ideas for musicals or short films. You know, I'm also a writer and, you know, I, during the pandemic, I, die, I dove into songwriting as well. So I'd like to continue with that route and also maybe do a little more musical theater songwriting and collaborating on that realm. Uh, I was a part of a initiative called This Empty Space and we developed a 10 minute musical. So I was a part of that. Um, and I, I'd like to just continue working. If, uh, if anything on stage, you know, I've done a lot of ensemble stuff for sure that have featured me quite nicely. I'd like to hopefully continue that if not uh, do more principal work if those opportunities uh, opportunities do arise. Um, but yeah, I think the key thing is just to kind of stay creative. That's the key thing too. And also to stay challenged because, you know, a lot of stuff, if it just becomes, if it just becomes, you know, stale, it's not creative. 
So the goal is to just try to find projects whenever if I'm a part of or if I'm working on or if I'm spearheading or conceiving on my own is trying to stay active, creatively active. Uh, and just and also for me as a dancer, just to kind of dance as long as I can until I'm like, I could just, you know, yeah. take off these dance shoes and just put them up for today. <laughs> And and like feel proud of all your accomplishments. Well, which I thank think you. you should. Period. Feel proud of all your accomplishments. I thank you. I mean, I'm very I'm very grateful for you know the opportunities that I met, but also for the people that I met, people that I met, and the connections, and you know just you know the artists that I've gone to work with on different shows. So yeah. Yes. So lastly, what where can people follow you on social media, mm. and do you have anything you'd like to promote? real quick oh thank you for the opportunity to do so of course um i you can follow me on instagram jlaprado underscore official i'm also on twitter dhs d8 like date chess but it's not a date thing uh <laughs> dhs i'm also on facebook as just Prado. my youtube uh, channels just Prado as well uh coming up on may 22nd i'll be doing my cabaret show at green room 42 I'll put the links in the, the link in the description. Oh, thank you. So, and uh, yeah, so we, we did a show back in January. I'm very excited that we're gonna be doing it in May. Uh, I'm currently doing The Wanderer, the musical, the world premiere of the show, The Wanderer at Paper Mill Playhouse. Uh, so we're there until April 24th as of right now. And then after that, I'll be appearing in the company of A Beautiful Noise, which is the story about Neil Diamond, which is premiering in Boston this summer. So I'll be with that as well. So you're busy and people can also see you on in uh, Disney Plus on West Side Story and I mean Newsies if they want to. Yes, they, can. Yes, if they, they can. haven't seen Newsies already or want to rewatch for the millionth time. They can get they can get Jess Soprano 24 <laughs> seven. Yes, I mean, why not? And why not? So all the links will be in the description and lower thirds. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope oh. you have a blast. Thank tonight. you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, like, I know that the newsies, we are gonna have a good time celebrating the 10th anniversary. But uh, yes. I thank you so much. It was so nice to speak with you and to do this. Thank you so much. It was nice to speak with you too. And cheering you all on from Texas. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time.